Welcome, everyone, to a brand new episode of Ian's Untitled Scene Show. My name is Ian, and I am very excited because tonight I am joined once again by my buddy in varsity. His name is Joey. Joey, man, how are you doing tonight? I am good. I'm extremely exhausted, but uh, <laughs> I'm alive, so that's good. Now, what's the reason for the exhaustion this time? Because I know you're constantly working, but I'm assuming there's something new in there, too. No, no, it's it's literally just all work, always. <laughs> we have like a we have like a bunch of like a, not a bunch. We have a tour coming up soon, and I gotta uh, I gotta make all the streams for like the album stuff on YouTube, and just rendering videos and doing everything is like extremely takes it forever, and then you know planning music videos and everything else is just right. I don't really sleep much. <laughs> <laughs> no, I had a feeling that you didn't, and yeah, man. I mean. One of the big things, obviously, that we're going to talk about is that your full-length album, Welcome Home, is coming out on November 19th through Spine yes. Farm Records. I mean, I yeah. have been listening nonstop. We will get to that, of course. But I think <laughs> one, of the, one of the big things about it is that, well, one of the things that's happening right now is we're obviously talking about it actually way before it comes out, which is yeah. a little bit newer for us. So you're in that preparation mode for everything that you're doing. So take me through some of that stuff because I know it's a little bit different for you. You do a lot of things hands-on. So take me through kind of the steps you're working on right now this far out. Yeah, so record comes out on the 19th. Um, I have to set up all the dates for whatever music videos are going to be uh, put together. Um, obviously, we're not going to do anything while we're on tour, but right. for afterwards so that everything is ready because, you know, the industry kind of shuts down in December. So yep. I have to have everything set up before then. Um, you know, I have to have all the YouTube videos made so that people who don't have Spotify or Apple Music can uh, listen to everything on YouTube because people, believe it or not, people do just listen to music on YouTube. Sure. Um, and this week I also have pretty much every interview set up in the world, which is, <laughs> it, which is, an, I literally said yes to all of them. So yes. a day I'm doing about six of them. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, so i'm waking up really early and just running through them like all right cool let's 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 do it but i mean i like talking so this is well, like right. the interviews are not really like a weird thing for me because i i love talking i got to now for today what number interview is this this is number five wow Holy yeah, fuck, man! You know I could have rescheduled for another time. <laughs> no, dude, I don't. I don't like rescheduling things. I'm just like, oh, if I have the time to do it, like I want to yeah. do it. Like, I, besides, if I wouldn't have been doing this now, I, I have no idea what I would have been doing. I would have just, just been sitting here, just staring at the computer in silence, which is way worse. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Well, I'm, I'm actually, I'm a little bit surprised because I thought at this time I would have been ahead of the game because, uh, like I said, I mean we're in October right now. So yeah. I would have thought your press and everything would have been more towards the, I don't know, the week or two before the album came yeah. out. So that's that's so, pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's funny. Spineform is like really good with this stuff. They good. start setting things up in advance and they're like, hey, we don't want you to, we don't want to tire you out of like the week before the release because they want, um, they want it to be an exciting thing for me. And so mm -hmm. they set it up a little beforehand so that I can just enjoy the rollout like as much as it is. But I mean, I don't really get to enjoy it because I... I'm an, I'm a nervous wreck literally right. all the time. And especially with this record, I have been more terrified than I've ever been with anything in my entire life. I can absolutely imagine that. I mean, we've talked plenty of times, you know, off air and on air about yeah. what you go through on a regular basis, how <laughs> yeah. much heart and soul you put into your music. So I, I completely get that. And one of the things I wanted to mention about Welcome Home as well, when you talk about being extremely nervous, 
this is really, this is the first full-length album. You have doubled the amount of tracks that you've ever put out at one time. (laughs) And then also, there's no filler. There's no interludes. There's no intro, outro. And every track is between (laughs) three and four minutes. I, I was blown away when I was listening. I saw it. I was like, why Why did Varsity, why did Joey decide to do it this way? <laughs> I was I was shocked. Can you, t- can you take me through that a little bit? I, so I, I've always had this idea that for my first record, I wanted to give people something that they can like seriously sit down with and kind of experience. You know, I'm like, yeah. I'm a really big fan of like bands like Sleep Token and things like that. And um, sure. I just always loved how like they did things where I was like, all right, this is more so an experience than it is just a record. And I, you know, I figured I was like, you know, me coming in this record, I want to give people like a good listening experience. I don't want, I don't want any of the filler or anything else. And then with the track number, um, track number was actually not my idea. Uh, so when we went into the studio, I brought about maybe like 30 songs Yeah, yeah, yeah. and we were supposed to cut them down to about like nine oh. um, or, or eight or something like that. Um, but in between me and Andrew, our producer, we just, we kept writing and we kept going through them. We're like, actually, let's write this one today. Let's write this one. And before we knew it, we had 14 and we were like, oh, wait, we should probably stop. <laughs> um, and 14, it, it wasn't even 14. Actually, this record is actually 17 songs. Oh. Three of them we held off. Gotcha. And now, yeah, so we wrote, I, I, yeah, I'm we wrote assuming that might be a surprise, but can you tell me why you dropped those three? Is it going to be a bonus thing later on? I honestly, it, it's not even that maybe. Um, we, when I was listening to it, when it got to song, f- like around 14, I was like, okay, this adding more songs is, is kind of sounding, it, it's a little too much now. Ah, okay. <laughs> and that, that's pretty much why I could, two of the songs, oh, I love all three of the songs that we like didn't put on it, but two of the songs, especially I wish would have been on this record. Oh. Um, but I also decided to just like hold them off. Cause I'm like, these are so good. Like I, I, I definitely want to use these for like a grander kind of thing. I just have no idea what it is yet. Right. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. And I mean, from talking to you previously, you've mentioned you never really stop writing. That's something. You yeah. No, I, I have not. <laughs> I I write all the time. I I'm right now in the in the process of writing our next record, and this I record figured. isn't even out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I completely figured that. <laughs> That's something I can always rely on you for. Is that yeah. I know you're constantly writing. So that's. I mean, that's crazy. How do you even? Let's just take that seventeen then. So yeah. you come in with 30. I know you're writing more on top of that. So mm-hmm. how do you decide this is the cohesive album that you want? Like how 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 does that thought process go through? So this time was super different. Um normally it's just me by myself here and then I send it out to like, you know, like my producer at the time, uh his name was uh, Sean Christmas. Um ah. and uh I, I always like, you know, I would always send it out to him and we'd be like, "Oh, like these are the things you want to keep. These are the things you don't want to keep kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but this time it was more so it was literally me and Andrew in the studio the entire time, just like kind of listening through it and like catching feelings for songs, which is really weird to say, but it's like, do I like, do I, it's almost like, do I love this song? Like would I marry this song kind of huh, thing? Sure. Um, okay. And that's how, that's how this, that's how it felt putting together this record which is like extremely different for me yes um but i'm like i kind of enjoyed the process because it really made me actually sit down with these songs and really think about them like all right am i is this something that i love like am i in love with this song do i want to do i want to put this out and actually like sing this live or like what are people gonna feel when they also hear this song kind of thing so it, it was different but it was nice 
Now, did that have anything to do with changing your kind of momentum, your thought process? Did that have anything to do with COVID and actually being able to go out and do things like that? Because I thought, if I'm not mistaken, you recorded a lot of this during COVID, right? Yeah, we recorded actually during the the pandemic in August of 2020. Yeah. So uh, pretty much uh, the label uh, hit me up and they were like, yeah, we want to get you in the studio, but you know, COVID. Um, it's like a thing. So we don't really know what we can do. So just write at home and everything else because, you know, they want to keep us safe. Yeah. But um, I was talking with Andrew already and um, Andrew is pretty much like, hey, dude, we can be safe. Like, I don't give a shit. If you can come down here, we can even just like socially distance and like write the music like <laughs> from like <laughs> different chairs or whatever in the room. And I was sure. like, yeah, I'm down. And I, I told the label and uh, obviously their main priority was keeping me safe. So they was like, are you really sure about this? Um, and I was like, yeah, I really... I need to do this. Like, I need to get out of my house. I need to do something with all this stuff that I have in my head. And I really do want to write this record. You know, I don't want to wait any longer because now is the perfect time to start, like, putting together a record, you know, while while we can't tour and things like that. Exactly. Yeah, that makes complete sense. Now, was that when you went down to Nashville? Um, I went out. So we did the record in Kentucky, actually. This record was done in Kentucky. Gotcha. Um. And we were there for about a month and a half. And then I went back to Nashville to uh, to wrap up the the rest of the songs and stuff gotcha. like that. Because okay. there was some things that I wasn't exactly happy with, um, more so on my end, the way I sang things. Okay. And so I was like, uh, I don't like that. I got to fix that. And even though everyone was like, dude, it's like really fine. I was like, no, I'm going to go <laughs> change it. And Andrew's like super, Andrew's very like, oh, if you don't like it, then that's it. If you don't like it, you don't like it. You should change it. He doesn't like putting out things that other people, you know, that obviously I wouldn't like. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, I'm taking a trip down to Nashville and we're just going to redo this. There you go. Yeah, that's that's very cool. I guess, can you think of it? It's going to be tough, but can you think of an example? Because I, I guess let's we can backtrack for a second. Mm-hmm. So in Welcome Home, you're doing a lot of different styles to your vocals. I mean, I, I don't know if I've ever heard R&B infused so well into like post-hardcore metalcore like this album. And Thank you. yeah, man, I, you're doing something that I've never heard before. So to change the way your vocals, you know, the range, the melody, the the notes you're trying to hit at different times, what was an example of one where you can think of where you said, okay, that is something that I want to change. I want to change this to a different octave or something like that. Uh, so the title track for the record, Welcome Home. Yeah. Um, I actually sat on that instrumental for a while and I came up with about four different versions of that song um before i finally i was doing all these different things and i'm like ah oh, man like i i love this instrumental so much i don't know why i'm not like really catching this the way i feel like i should like the song has like it, it kind of felt the other version that i had kind of felt like it had no heart oh. um and at the time i kind of i really got into like country music while i was in kentucky and then also traveling back to nashville sure and uh, i was like actually um maybe I can do like this kind of like R&B-ish thing that I do, but also like I want to add things that like, like little vocal things that I'm like, I wouldn't necessarily think of doing on my music, but I love doing when I sing along to other people's things. So that was, Ah. that was like one of the times like Welcome Home was one. Also uh, another time was actually sick. Uh, I had no idea what the hell to do with that song. When we, when we wrote sick, I, I was so lost because I'm like, okay, I guess, I guess this is like a radio song. Ah. Um, but I don't really want to sing it like a radio song. Like I want to do something where, yeah, sure. You have like a radio chorus or whatever, but I'm like, I want this song to feel like me at all times, especially since I was doing, I do the screaming on that song as yes. well. Okay. Um, 
I really wanted that song to like feel like me, which is why the verses are very R&B, but everything else is like kind of not. Right. You know? Yeah. Just kind of, I have to kind of like, it's it's weird to say, but it's like, I, I know what I can do. And with this record, I kind of had to be like, all right, well, you can do that. So you should not do it. You should do something that you don't know you can do and like try doing other things. Ah, okay. Yeah. I mean, we, we had talked before this and what we had mentioned, and I think you had said, and I'm sure you said to other people too, is this is a very different album for you. Now, yeah. I still I still felt Joey, you know what I mean? I still mm-hmm. felt Varsity in it. It is Varsity. It is you. But you're absolutely right. You took a lot of chances with things. Like I said, yeah. you, you're making something that is very, at least very different for me. And I, I like <laughs> to think I know <laughs> the scene and whatnot, but maybe, maybe I'm missing something. But it is something so incredibly different. And I liked what you said about kind of falling in love with these tracks. Yeah. And it, man, it, it just, it blows my mind sometimes when I think about, because I've been going front to back for a while, just yeah. listening. And I was super surprised because I think you might know this. And I know a lot of people that listen to the show do. I'm really not a big pop fan. Like yeah. it's, it's not something that, <laughs> yeah. that really works for me, but. I was legitimately like dancing to a lot of these tracks. And that is not a good thing. No one wants to see me dance. That is that is for sure. But I enjoyed myself so much with this. Oh, and man. I really love what you had done with it. So I, I love hearing some of this background information about it. Oh man. What was and some of these are generic questions, obviously, but I'm yeah. I'm truly interested in how you feel about these these tracks my guess my guess for you i'm gonna say this i think i know i think there were two majorly different tracks on this album that Mm -hmm. stood out to me for sure that was i want to say i want to say it was 11 a.m and only sad the the two end tracks (laughs) that right i mean that's that's how i feel anyways is that a similar feeling to you or did you feel different on all these tracks so i i did feel different on all of them but the three that gave me the most like the three that gave me the most work on it was actually uh the two that you just said so 11 a.m only sad and also soul soul um okay those were the songs that to me when when i started doing them i was kind of like is this something i want to do like is this like I literally sat down. And I was like, "Is this, do I really want to put this on the record?" I, w- yeah. <laughs> I think I sat on those songs for like two weeks before I was like, "I'm gonna do them," nice. which is super weird, also because "Soul" is actually the first song I wrote for the record. Oh wow! Okay. Um, and "Only Sad" is the last song I wrote for the record. Gotcha. Um, so they didn't even they they did they weren't even done at the the same time. Uh, 11 a.m. wasn't even for the record, which is funny. It was uh. 11 a.m. started as like just something I was playing around with in the studio, just like kind of playing on piano and like just being like, oh, yeah, like I kind of want to do something like this, like whatever. And we're like, oh, we should we should turn that into something. Nice. Um, and I'm like kind of glad I did, because I I don't think I've ever I think I've ever pictured myself doing like a, a ballad yeah. kind of thing, which is like super, super fucking weird for me. <laughs> and every time I, every time I've told someone like there's a ballad on the record, they're like, there's a what on the record? I'm like, yeah, there's literally a song where it's just like stripped down and it's yeah, it's just me and a piano, man. That's crazy. Yeah, man, that's crazy. And also the the lyrical content too, that's probably the only song and not because it's a ballad, because there are times that I definitely connect to a ballad. That's one where I don't connect to it as much, not because it's stripped down, not because it's slower, 
but because of the content of the song. I, I don't think yeah. I'm at that point in my life, you know, right now where, yeah. you know, where I, I have the those type of feelings. So gotcha. that one, but it's very cool to hear that. And obviously I've listened to it many, many, many times. So yeah, I guess for that thought process, how did you know, you know, you took the chance, you wanted to strip it down, but how did you get those lyrical, like, how did that come out of you when that's not normally something that you sing about? Yeah. So with, with 11 a.m. Um, at the very end of the process, uh, I, I sat down and I was listening to the music. And, um, you know, with ballads, you're like, oh, it has to be something that's like loving or lovey-dovey or whatever. Um, sure. And that's always been my idea because most of the ballads that I've listened to are all about love and relationships and everything else. And I'm like, yeah, that's like kind of the thing. Um, but like I said earlier, like I really wanted it to be me and I wanted it to, be to you know, I wanted it to feel real. And I'm so in a very selfish way, 11 a.m. is not really for many people um, who are going to listen to the record. It's mostly for parents, but more than that, more so for myself. Um, sure. I, when I, when I was doing the song, I was like, what's something that's super important to me now that I can sing about and, you know, that I can, it could just be a stripped down version where it's just me more so having a conversation. It's, it's still singing, but it's, it feels like it's just me trying to tell someone something. Um, and I thought of my daughter, I'm like, that's yeah. something I never talk about with anybody. Right, right. Um, or the things that like I, I experienced with her and, um, not sure if you know this, not many people do, cause I don't publicize this. Um, her mom passed away a few years ago. Oh, um, see. and so it's, it's only me and her. Right. And that was one of the things where I was like, well, I want to sing about this. Like, this is something that's super real to me and it's super important. And if there was one thing I wanted to tell her, it would be, you know, it would be just this, like, this is all I want. and and I was like, yeah, it's it's also a fitting way for me to to finish the record because the songs on the record um, are very much about me. Um, <laughs> now I've written about myself. I've written about myself in the past, and I, you know, that's like my thing. But like these, I felt like was it was a little more of like a deep cut kind of thing for me. You know, mm -hmm. like just kind of things that I'm like, all right, these are things I want to say and kind of have on there. Yeah. No, absolutely, man. And that is very, very interesting because I have known you for a while. We've talked a bunch. And I didn't know that you had a daughter and yeah. unfortunately, and obviously I did not know my condolences for, you know, for her mother and everything mm. that, that is something new for me to know. And you mentioned, I was going to bring that up besides 11 AM. I believe you also mentioned having a daughter or son or all that kind of stuff in soul as well, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So, uh, so, uh, the words in soul, I say daughters and sons, but that's not, I'm not really talking about my children. So, right, right, right. um, in soul, I more so say daughters and sons because I, I kind of see the crowd as my children now. Like this is going to sound really weird. This is me being like a total dad, but <laughs> I think because, you know, like I'm, I, now that I have like a bigger platform and I'm playing these shows and like, because of octane like more kids are like finding us and they're like oh my god like i really connect to the song i feel like a sense of responsibility to them okay and um by me saying like i do this for my daughters i do this for my sons um it's literally me saying i do this for everyone in the crowd like you guys sure. are you guys are my children like you're you're all someone that i love and i care about um and this is why i kind of do this even though soul has the weirdest meaning in the world so me even saying that in the <laughs> right. song was kind of it was kind of weird when i put it when I put the song together, Andrew was literally like, I remember one day we were listening back to the lyrics and he's like, <laughs> he was like, so this song is about you selling your soul to the devil right, right. to be in, you know, to be in the industry. And I'm like, yeah, he's like, and you're saying 
that you sold your soul so that you can reach the children that you reach. And I'm like, yeah, he's like, that's so crazy how you're, there's a positive in there, but the song has like this kind of like, I'm fucked either way kind of feeling, you know? (laughs) Now, does that, or has that changed the way you want to write as well? Like, has it changed the type of topics that you want to bring up because now you're looking at the crowd as something different? Because, I mean, I've seen it too in the scene when when you go out, it's it's fourteen year old girls and their parents are in the back. You know, yeah. they they drove them there and they're waiting till the show is over. Yeah. Like there's a huge age dynamic shift in the scene and has been for a little while. So yeah, has that changed anything for you? Um, not, if anything, it's that has changed. It actually makes me want to say more now. Um, okay. I know most people most people would be like, oh yeah, I want to say less because like the crowd that I have now and everything else. But I'm actually like, well, if I'm reaching more kids now, I actually want to say more. Sure. Um sure. there's 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 so much more that I could say and that I want to say. And now that I have the opportunity to and that like more people here, like, you know, I don't care if you're 14 or whatever, like you're probably not going through this or whatever. But it's nice to hear that someone went through something that you may experience down the line. Right. Because then you could come back to them and be like, oh my God, like I remember the song I listened to that was about this situation and like how they got through it and everything else. And, you know, it, it might help you. I don't know if it will or anything. I don't know if my music ever helps anyone, but uh, oh, it does. It would be nice if it does. <laughs> yeah, it, I can tell you for a fact it does. That's that's not a problem. You should never worry about that. <laughs> that's fine. But let me, I, I think that might have answered one of my questions then because I actually, besides, you know, the, the ballot, the ballad, sorry, I, I think it's a ballot, the ballad yeah. uh, that is 11 a.m. One of the, actually, if I had to pick one song that I thought was, the most different for you, I would have thought it would have been only sad because oh. that isn't about you. That's that's yeah. a completely different perspective. So yes, yeah, go ahead. You're absolutely you're at one hundred and eighty percent right. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah, that's that's now that seems to be a song maybe that you've written where someone can look at that now and say, hey, I don't want to make that kind of mistake you know, in the yeah. future, that kind of thing. Is that where that came from? Yeah. So only sad is actually based on a true story of a girl that I knew and uh, she moved away. She wanted to be like an artist and stuff like that. Um, yeah. And uh, she kind of, she, she couldn't pay for like any of her stuff. Um, she kind of struggled through life and everything else. Like her, her parents were abusive and everything else. Right. And uh, she ended up moving to LA, which is where everyone moves. Um, I don't know why people move to California for this. Uh, and she, you know, to, to kind of uh, support her dreams, she started she started dancing, right. um, which you know, uh, dancing is a really hard job. And I don't think people know that. I think because people think it's like dancing, they're like, "Oh my god, like you're a dancer, like you just take off your clothes or whatever." And it's like, no, dude, no, it's way you deal with so much shit a day. So much. Like shit. I would hear, I would hear stories of the shit that she would tell me, and I'm like, I mean, it doesn't sound like you're happy, and it doesn't sound like you even want to be there. Right. But she was doing it to support her dreams. Um, eventually, she got, she, you know, she met a crowd of people who. Were kind of put her in like shitty situations and uh she uh overdosed and passed um and she never got to see her dreams like kind of kind of live out and um i have a lot of friends now who like uh are you know have like only fans or are uh, dancers or other things to kind of uh you know, like sustain their style of life. And I support everything because I'm like, hey, listen, however you need to make your money, you need to make your money. Like life sucks. This shit is fucking hard. And also no one should be judged for anything we do. Um, But I always try to tell them, like, hey, just try not to get stuck too hard into life because, you know, there's always always a bad that comes with the good kind of thing. And like I've kind of 
I've been through it with my friends and oh, stuff yeah. like that. So yeah. only that was super different because now I'm writing about someone that I know that I kind of lived through that thing. And it was like, well, that's that's very different for me. Like I normally write about myself and here I am writing something about someone else that like I cared about and it's not even around to hear the song. You right. Know? Right. Yeah. That was that was the shocking part for me. And yeah, I totally agree with you. I mean, I think COVID you know, for all the negatives, you know, all the all the life ruining things that that COVID did, there are some positives that you can look at. One of them, I would think, would be that people wouldn't want to go to LA and yeah. and sell their sell their soul, you know, for lack of a better term, out there yeah. for fame and stuff. Because you really can do so much of what you want online now. Yeah. You don't have to just, you know, you don't have to fall in with the wrong crowd of people. You don't have yeah. to worry about that kind of thing. I guess one of the things you have to balance out, though, is the way social media is and how dangerous mm-hmm. that can be as well. Yeah, but, you, you can know. you can totally get sucked into social media and like that that shit. Social media is so fucking dangerous, man. Because yeah. like I know people who are chasing a lifestyle and will do anything to be the people they see on social media, and then it's like, yo, you are ruining your health. And like, right. we just came from a pandemic, you know, or we're still in one, I guess, kind yeah, of, but like coming out of one where. It's like now we have learned like how quickly things can change for us and how quickly things can get taken away. And to just put yourself in a position where you're like, you're sucked into this lifestyle where you need to be something else. Like social media is so dangerous, man. I kind of fucking hate it. Yeah, no, I'm with you. That's kind of where I was going with that too is, yeah, I can't, I can't stand it. And it sucks for you guys. Cause you know, I've, I've talked about this on the show before any band, it's the same with it's podcasting too, but any band has to use social media in yeah. almost every sense. Otherwise, no one hears your stuff. Like people ask me, they go, yep. why aren't you quit? Like you complain about social media. Why don't you quit? I said, because yeah. then no one will hear the shows. Yeah. How is anyone supposed to know about it? Yeah, I I, t- I say that all the time. I hate social media. I know my label uh, helps run some of the pages. Oh, good. Um, okay. And so, to, you know, to ease the stress, uh, you know, that I kind of go through. But when they can, I have to hop on and do all yeah. the work, you know, and um it's people have asked me all the time. It's like, Oh my God, like, why don't you just get off? And I'm like, I cannot, like I'm in the business. This is retail. Music is retail. Yep. Like I get people don't understand. I am in the business of selling. Yep. And if yep. I, I need an outlet to sell and I can't just go outside and start singing on the street. Like social media is my store. Like this is where I do all of my work. You know, like right. I can't, yep. I can't just abandon it. Cause then no one will even know that I exist. And right. And yeah. what good does that do, you know? Like you're putting in all that work right now on music videos, making sure everything is timed out. But if you didn't have social media to promote said music videos, yep. how are people ever going to know about it? Exactly. And I think most people don't see that. They just kind of think like, oh, yeah, like you can get out of that whenever you want. And I'm like, <laughs> I, I, I fucking wish that were true, but it's unfortunately not. So, yeah, it's it's definitely not. And it's had a lot of really negative effects, not only on, you know, normies with people with real lives and stuff, but even on the scene itself. Like it's, it's very difficult. Yeah. That's why I like having conversations like this because you can't have a conversation online. No, you you really can't. (laughs) If someone, if someone doesn't read your joke correctly, if you have a differing opinion with somebody, that's the end of the world. Yeah. You're canceled. You're, you 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 are death threats, whatever it happens to be. I've had people literally in the music industry ghost me because they were joking around about a band and I said something to the contrary and yeah. I have not heard back from them. 
Yeah. That's crazy. It's, it's like that, man. Like it really is like that. And I'm like, dude, like people are so afraid of other people's opinions and other people's views on like how things can be. Everyone thinks that they are, you know, they're like the end all be all. It's like, oh, I know. This, so my opinion is correct. That's like, <laughs> well, maybe it isn't like me. Maybe, maybe right. you're fucking wrong. Just like the rest of us. Maybe we're both wrong. We're just sitting here talking shit, but I don't know, man. It's, it, it, it's hard. It's hard to even talk. These days. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I know I shouldn't even put you on the spot with some of that stuff, but I think, no, dude, listen, I don't, I don't, I actually don't give a shit. Like I have told everyone, I'm like, I am not afraid of like, I'm not afraid of speaking my mind. I'm right. not afraid of saying things that I believe in because you need to hear it. Yep. Like I, everyone has different opinions. There's nothing wrong with having different opinions. Instead of judging someone for what they say, if you think they're wrong, why don't you explain to them why you think they're wrong and maybe educate them and they'll sure. see where you're coming from. You see where they're coming from. Boom. Problem fucking solved. Right. You know? Exactly. Yeah. I think one of the most important parts in this plays right into the style of music that you've created is having an open mind. And yeah. one of the toughest parts about online, social, just the world we live in in 2021 is that people have really skewed and mangled definitions of words. So yeah. people now, you know what I mean? People now associate if you're, they, they think open-minded means that or expand your horizons means you're supposed yeah. to <laughs> like, somehow you're supposed to force yourself to like certain things. And that's not the way either that's not the definition of either of those terms yeah what it is is the ability to let yourself listen experience uh you know whatever it happens to be that form of media so like i told you before and like you know about me i'm not a huge pop fan like yeah. i i love metalcore post-hardcore i love deathcore all the cores put together yeah all the, yeah, the cores with metal and rock and everything mixed in but if I was not open-minded, then yeah. I would never give your music a chance. You know, yeah. all those years ago, I would have never even tried because I'd be like, oh, what is R&B and, and sort of rap and, and stuff? Well, I don't want any of that in my music. <laughs> but that's never, yeah. that, at least in my opinion, isn't the way to be. What you want to, you might not like something that you listen to, yeah. but the point is giving things a chance to yeah. try and see if your yeah. horizons are broadened, you know, however you want to say it. Yep. You are, I, I have no words. You're, you're 180% <laughs> right. That is entirely correct. But that's why. It's true though, man. It, it really is. And that's why I, I can only hope. And obviously I'm going to do the best in my ability and all, I'm sure all the interviewers that you, you know, had today, as well as everything you're doing marketing wise for Spine Farm and all that kind of stuff. Everyone's going to be pushing people to give this album a chance. Because you want people to take a risk on something like this that is so different from what yeah. they normally hear. And not only that, too, I think a lot of people in the scene get a lot of credit for doing something quote-unquote different when they follow a trend. But you haven't ever followed a trend. This has always been the way your music has been. And you do yeah. it well. You're you're one of the the experts, <laughs> one of the pioneers of this style of music in this scene. I appreciate that. You know man, what I mean? Yeah, this, it's, this you're not. Shit, this you're shit not is jumping. hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not jumping on a trend. You're not. This this isn't you pretending to be anyone else. This isn't you trying to get radio play. This is you being you, and it's the evolution 
of what you've been doing for all these years. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. It, it kind of is. I mean, I, I tried like, you know, it's funny that I, I go into, when I go into like recording sessions, um, I always hear people like compare me to other people. And I was like, oh my God, you have like this kind of voice. It could be cool if you did like uh, this kind of thing or that kind of thing. And I'm like, well, either that or um, I can just be myself. Right. Um, and right. just not have to fall into one of those categories. <laughs> right. The only time I think, <laughs> I think we might've talked about this before. The only time that I think I said, that you could do something different if you wanted was when they were looking for a new vocalist for issues. I said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Joey would be the perfect person, but I wouldn't expect you to do an imitation yeah. of anyone in issues. I would have expected you to be this Joey in issues. And I think, yeah, you, you know been, what's, yeah. You know, what's funny about that as you're saying it, um, I had people ask me before, they was like, oh, would you ever join issues? And I'm like, no. And they're like, why? You'd fit in perfectly. And, you know, it's almost like because I am not Tyler Carter exactly. and I would not do what I would not do what he does. And people would hate it. They would be like, oh, well, we want that. And I'm like, I am not that. So I would never do it. Right. Actually, I, I got tagged in this thing the other day. Someone uh, actually, this was kind of me being I wasn't really rude, but I guess I guess it was kind of rude. Um <laughs> Someone made a status like in one of the, the groups on Facebook. I was like, oh, if Linkin Park came back together, like who would you want to see as a vocalist? And someone tagged me in it. Um, and I got a couple of tags in it because it's like if people who listen to Octane seem to think that I have like a Linkin Park kind of thing, which I appreciate sure. because I think Link, Link, I grew up listening to Linkin Park and they're one of the greatest bands to ever walk the face of this planet. Sure. Um, and so I got tagged in it and I literally commented. I was like, fuck no, would never do that. Um, <laughs> and they comment back like, oh, why? And I'm like, are you fucking kidding? Like I could never... I could never fill the shoes. I, I like you're asking me to literally be like, oh my God, yeah, like you could be like Chester Bennington. It's like, no, the fuck I can't. Like, right. if I could have been like Chester Bennington, I would have been like him. Like, I can't do that. And I would also not want to imitate that. Like, that's kind right. of like tarnishing a legacy. No, like, is that, <laughs> is yeah. it just me that thinks that kind of? <laughs> no, it, it makes more sense to me, anyways. The way I always think about it is that you could fill in. To a place, I'm just talking about anyone, not necessarily you, but someone who has a certain vocal styling can mm -hmm. fill in to a certain band who loses a vocalist for whatever reason it happens to be. But yeah, they yeah. can fill in only as themselves, not mm -hmm. as a replacement for that person. So similar to like yeah. what um what Matt had to do in Slaves and now Rainy uh Rain City, you know, when when Johnny <laughs> left and you had to have uh you know Matt come in. He's not Johnny. Yeah. That that was never the point uh, of that. It's the same thing that happened with Amorosa, you know, and any band that Johnny <laughs> that Johnny Craig was in. Yeah, that Johnny but, was in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it happens with other bands too, where you don't want someone. This isn't Journey. You're not looking for someone yeah. to come in and be Steve Perry. <laughs> you want someone who has the ability to do certain things, but then still be their own person and yeah. make their own version of that band. Yeah, you got to let the person be themselves, man. Like if you're the person has to come in knowing what they want to do, like obviously like there is that that sense of fear that like fans are not going to like you unless you do what the last vocalist did, but right. you also kind of got to throw that out the window. Like if you don't like it then I I don't know, they have other records with that vocalist on it, like just listen to that, you know, kind of yeah. thing. Um but yeah, like it it it's just weird to like try to ever be like anyone else when you're coming into a band after them. Right. Yeah. 
It's It's got to be a strange thing. Now, kind of on that topic, I didn't want to miss this opportunity because we didn't get a chance to talk about it the last time, but we had talked about it before just off the record. So one of the things that I, I still listen to this day is when you did the cover of Make War. Uh, you yeah. did that with American Avenue. You remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, that, yep, 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 yep. that was such an awesome... And and I wouldn't even call that like a stripped down version necessarily. It was uh it was more you deconstructed and reimagined that song yeah. into what you wanted. Can you take me through? And this is for anyone that doesn't know, that's from first to last when they came back, they did the mm-hmm. track Make War. And then I want people to go listen to that, but also so you can explain a little bit, how did you go about really deconstructing that and reassembling it into something that was your very own because I hear you in that. That's not you yeah. trying to be sunny. That's not you trying to be anybody. That's you. Yeah. So when when uh when when I started that cover with American Avenue, um or the or you know Nick who runs American Avenue. Yeah. Um he was like, yeah, I want to do an acoustic version of it. And we started writing the piano and everything else. And I'm like, yeah, we should totally do that. And um, I am a huge From First to Last fan. Yeah. Like, I, I I, don't know if you know this, but From First to Last was actually the band that got me into uh, heavy music. I do. And that's why you're the uh, best. Yeah. That's why I love you. They were also, yeah, they were the first band that I ever saw live also. And I'm like, that's like, <laughs> you know, like I, I grew up like just fucking, I loved everything Sunny Touch. So when they came back, like I was super excited. And then, you know, I got this opportunity to discover. Yeah. But when it came time to sing it, I was like, hey, you know what? Um. I love Sonny. I, I love everything he does. But being that this is like a stripped down version, I do want people to hear me. I, I want them to be like, oh, man, this is a great cover. But this is like this kid is like really putting his like his flair into it or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And so like it just it was more of me just kind of like in the, in a really cheesy way. Like I know he's probably never going to hear the song, but it was when I was singing it, I was like, if Sonny were to hear this, yeah. right, I would want him to be like shit like this kid like huh. this is like a cover that like would make me proud like this is something different that i wouldn't have done that like i love and so i went into it with like that mentality i was like you know i would want someone who i'm covering their music to hear their song but also hear me and be like wow like this is something i would have never thought of so right. that's that's how that came together <laughs> that's that's very cool now i know that from first to last was your first show but what era of from first to last was that uh, Dear Diary. Okay, that was Dear Diary. It was, wow. It was, okay. the, it was at the very end. It was at the very end of Dear Diary going into uh, heroin. Very cool. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. one of the greatest times to be alive. <laughs> it was. It was. I my first, I still tell people the first show I went to ever, and they were like, "You're kidding." Um, the very first show I went to, um, was in Manhattan, and the lineup was literally, uh, from first to last, Silverstein, Thrice, and I think from Autumn to Ashes. Wow. Um, and wow. I had no idea who any of the bands. I had no idea who any of the bands were. I literally went in there not knowing anything. Um, and I didn't even go from from first to last. Right. I went for uh, my friend was like a huge Silverstein fan. And I went sure. to see Silverstein, um, and then from first to last got on stage, and I saw Sunny, and I was like, I, I like fell in love. I was like, I want to do what he does. Like I, I love it. Like I love the whole like, just love how he like sang and I like, control the crowd, but like also like. The band was like it was. It kind of it never felt like a band. It felt like felt like a person in a way. Like I know that's yeah. weird to say, but it's like this this one cohesive unit, which is like it's it almost like forms like a person. It's like sure. a, one giant person was singing. 
Um, and that kind of did it for me. And then right after that, I heard Kill Switch Engage, and I was um, like, I'm never going back ever again. <laughs> <laughs> who could who could blame you? Who could blame yeah. you? That is that is awesome. Now, when from first to last came back, and that's one of the interesting things about you saying them being like almost one cohesive unit, one person. Which it's it's funny because from first to last had so many issues over the years. Uh, like so I, many. <laughs> I still remember going to see them live and people booing them. Yeah, because they didn't like the self titled. Like I, I still remember seeing them multiple, and that's I was very lucky. I started in the scene very young, similar to you, going to, you know, all these shows where people now would kill to be able to see some of the lineups. Yeah, you know that we end up seeing on that I, kind of thing. Yeah, I, you know what's funny about that? You brought that up, and I actually do remember seeing from first to last once, and people going on me being like, "What the hell is going on here? Like, this is, this is crazy." Yeah. Um, I I still don't understand either why people would move from first to last. Like, that's. I wish I can go back in time and slap all of them, <laughs> but. <laughs> I know that would the the butterfly effect would certainly change from first yeah. to last would have stayed together. And it would have been the biggest band ever. Yeah. Imagine if you can go back in time and actually tell everyone like, hey, just so you know, that kid is gonna be one of the world's biggest artists one day. Oh, they they would laugh in your face. They would literally laugh in your face, be like, you don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, yeah, you just wait. You, you just, wait. just wait. Yep. Now, how is your or how is your feeling still? Because it is it is very weird. I, I don't know, and maybe I'm just missing it, but I don't know a band that's ever done what they did, which was come back, do two tracks, play one live show, and then leave again and just and continue vanish. teasing that they're have yeah. more music. <laughs> so here's here's where it gets kind of like weird. Okay. Um so when they came back out with Make War, I was immediately hooked. I was like, no fucking way. Like, is this real? Right. Um, and then uh, they put out their second single, which I think Surrender? was Surrender. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was a I think I think that single took like a year yeah. to come yeah. out, like a year or so, mm -hmm. so after uh Make War. Um and I was like super hyped about it. And I had heard that they wrote more music because I think at that time um I was already kind of industry but not really in it the way I am now. Sure. Um and so there was already, you know, I've heard from other people like, hey, yeah, I heard the rest of the songs they have. And they're like, they're incredible. And then they just completely disappeared. And I I was kind of mad at first, but thinking about it now, I'm like, how how good of a band have you, are you to be able to like put out a song and be like, all right, well, I'm leaving. I'll come right. back later. Yeah. And people still wait for it because I know there are fans waiting for it now. Like I'm waiting for it now. Oh, like, yeah. And, and I, I know I'm not the only one. Right. Right. They also only played, uh, it was like an emo night, right? Yeah, they did. Well, they did that. That crazy weird festival. Yeah, they yeah. did two shows. Sorry. They did the emo, they did the emo night, and then they did that crazy weird festival in New Orleans. Yeah, well, emo, I don't think emo night counts. They only played two songs at emo true, night, true. I think. It's like two or three songs. Right. So then they did the the New Orleans thing, and I almost and I, I kind of kicked myself for it. I almost went down for it just for that show. Just to yeah. go because New Orleans is fucking <laughs> great, anyways. Like I, yeah. I could live in New Orleans. I mean, it sucks everything terrible happens to them all the time but yeah that city, all the time that city is fucking amazing like in so many ways so i've only actually been to new orleans once and i, I haven't even been there yeah i've only been there once and i didn't even get to like hang out there it was kind of oh. like driving through 
Wow. And I think I was there for like two hours and it was enough Oof. to be like, wow, like I love this. I like, I want to explore more, but we have to leave. And so I'm like, this sucks. Yeah. I, it's one of those things where like, if you have a bachelor party, like, and you think about stuff, you're like, well, you're in New York anyway, so you're not probably yeah. going to do something like that. But you know, it's like <laughs> New York, Las Vegas, and then New Orleans should be yeah. on people's list because it has some of those qualities of Las Vegas, but then also has some of the most amazing food in the world. And, uh, and just, that, that right there speaks to me, the food. Oh, yeah. The goddamn food. I love food. <laughs> I know this is a weird tangent, but if you if you do, and I'm sure once you start fully touring, hopefully, you know, COVID gets more under control and, and you can do full, full tours. If you get out to New Orleans or in the area, there is a place called Drago's and they have okay. – Char-broiled oysters. Ugh. It's one of the greatest. Look, I hate <sighs> oysters. I hate them. Like every single type of oyster I hate. And my buddy who grew up there, he goes, when you go down there, just go up to the counter, get six six of them or whatever, and try it out. They grill <laughs> the oysters, and they're so fucking good, I fell in love, and I despise oysters. That's how good yeah, they are. I, I, I I would I wouldn't so I don't despise oysters. I feel like I would just love this place forever. <laughs> oh, I think so. You'd never leave. That's what I, I would thought. Never leave. Like every day, I was like, "Why am I not eating there? Like, why am I not yeah. doing that?" <laughs> I actually just went to Rhode Island. Um, yeah, yeah. I went to uh, God, I don't remember what part of Rhode Island. It's like a really nice part of Rhode Island where there's uh, there's all these like uh, castles and things where, like you do like touristy stuff. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I ate food in like a bunch of restaurants for like days. And I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. Every day I would wake up and I'm like, maybe I should eat breakfast at the place that I ate dinner at last night <laughs> and then go to a new place and go to nice. a new place tonight. And then tomorrow I'll just eat breakfast at the place that I ate dinner at so I could try something different. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> I kind of continue my way of just like eating twice at one restaurant and then finally. Yeah, then going to the next. But I mean, but man, you live in New York. How can you? I, I, I'm sure plenty of people, I'm just a fucking rube from Boston, I guess. But it's one of those things where <laughs> I, I, I'm so used to not having good food that when you're in New York, there's so many places. So couldn't you get that itch anywhere? Yeah. So I, you know what's the thing? I, I go out a lot in New York. I don't think it's that I could, you know, the food in New York is like bad or anything else or that I've run out of spots to go to. Okay. I think it's because I live in New York City and – I just don't like being in it, you know, gotcha. like I like traveling other places to eat now. And it's super weird because I know a bunch of restaurants like I live in between a, a beach and a bay area. Yeah, yeah. And so on the boardwalk where I live at, there's like restaurants for miles and I haven't tried all of them. And I, I tried like maybe a quarter of them and they're amazing. And then on the bay on the other side, there's also like miles of restaurants where I've also haven't tried like all of them. I've tried some of them. Sure. And then, you know, there's the spots that I go to in the city and everything else. But I think I just like traveling outside of New York City for food because I want to try what other people are eating outside right, of it. Right. Yeah. No, hey, that makes sense. Well, sorry. Look, sorry for that tangent. That's what no, happens. I love food, so that's fine. <laughs> okay. One of the things I definitely want to mention, the reason for bringing most of that up is that I don't know this for sure, but have you worked with Matt Good yet? Um. Okay. So I I have, but haven't. Okay. Um. I did a feature for a band recently that Matt Good mixed. Which is like um, everyone, by the way. <laughs> like, yeah. He does every um, single band. <laughs> yeah, so he mixed their work, and that was the first time I – actually, you're going to love this story. Yeah. Um, that was the first time I actually ever worked with him, and he had told – I want to say it was Andrew. It could have been my management. I'm not sure. It was one of them. Um, he reached out to them and was like, hey, 
like I don't know who this kid is, but he's like he's like really good. Like I would, oh. I, I checked out his band. Like I would love to work with them sometime. Nice. Um, and then uh, their I think their old manager Zach, I think his name was or something like that. Um, showed them showed Matt the Make War cover that I did. Mm-hmm. Um, and he thought it was like absolutely sick. Oh, that's and awesome. that was that was the only interaction like that I've or the only kind of like we didn't even really talk. Like me and him didn't talk, but that was the only kind of sort of meeting that like sure. we've ever <laughs> had um so i know that he's i know that he's aware of me because he he did reach out um to my management or andrew one of them yeah um about like liking my like liking my my vocals and like being interested in my band um but i haven't worked with him on any music i i want to actually it's funny that you brought that up um so for the record that i'm doing now which is i guess the follow-up to welcome home mm-hmm. um he's one of the people that's on my list for co-writes i was like hey nice. i'd love to go down there um and work with him and like my label you know they they're super open about everything they're also super trusting of everything i do so i started writing um i'm just gonna put this out there because yeah. it'll probably not sound anything like this so i started writing the next record i'm 12 songs in wow um <laughs> but it kind of has like it kind of has like a like a diff it it sounds nothing like welcome home already it's like there's a lot of like influences of like thrash metal and like a bunch of other stuff in there that okay. i didn't get to do on welcome home okay um and so like i showed it to the label and they're like shit like you really want to do like everything and i'm like i would love to like have people love welcome home and then come into this and then you know they still get they still will get their like pop heavy songs there but i want them to be like did this guy really do like a fucking like punk rock song like one of the songs that i wrote was literally like a punk song nice um and i'm like i want to do things like that and uh so I brought Matt up and they were like, oh, what would you want to write with him? And I literally laughed. I was like, I would want to go to him. I'd be like, I want to write like a like an old school emo song with you. Like I want to, I've always wanted to be in that realm of like emo, like Hawthorne Heights is ah, sure. from first yeah. to last kind of stuff, but I never did it. And I think, I think I'm like, I could probably come up with like some really sick music if I sat down with this guy <laughs> and uh, and wrote it. Yeah. Damn. That um, I, so mean- I would love to. That would be that would be awesome. Okay, good because I I kind of figured you guys would have crossed paths at some time, but I wasn't, or at some point, I wasn't sure on that on that side because you had, I believe you co-wrote was it um, never never again you co-wrote yeah. never again with Cody of Wade's War and that's yeah. such an interesting dynamic as well of how that kind of you know cohabitation happens how people God, decide that, they want to write with people yeah yeah. That song is so interesting oh, yeah. Um, yeah. to me. Um, and I think because when, when I when I when I wrote that song with him, um, obviously I blab everything. I don't give a shit about <laughs> what people don't want me to post or not. So right. I wrote like I literally wrote a status and I was like, I get to like do a co-write with like Cody from Wage One. They're like one of my favorite bands right now. Sure. And I think everyone expected me to write like the heaviest song ever. But when me and him were talking about it and we were on like our call and everything else, uh he kind of already had the idea. He was like, I listened to your music. And he's like, let's kind of write something different. Like, let's let's give people something that they won't expect. Like, they're going to be like, oh, you wrote with Cody. It's going to be a heavy banger. <laughs> and then we wrote Never Again. And I'm like, yeah, that's not what people are going to think me and you would write together. Right. Um, and that is such an interesting song because, like, he – also, that's a song that, like, I I didn't touch that song. And and I know that's, like, weird to say, but I have – I don't give a shit. I think credit should be given where credit is due. Oh, sure. This guy – wrote this entire song in like an hour like everything oh, wow. besides the lyrics um he literally picked up an acoustic and i started humming stuff and he started writing it and within the hour he was like i think we have a full song and i was like what <laughs> and he was like let me let me give you a call back i'm gonna start recording this in my jaw 
and I'm going to give you a call back and we're going to, we're going to go from there and see if you like it. And he sent me back the instrumental, the, the very first version of the instrumental with like electric guitar and stuff like that. Sure. And I literally listened to him. I was like, holy shit. Like there's not one thing I want to change. Like, how did you wow. come up with this? Damn. Like he is, he is absolutely incredible. I would have never, I don't think I would have been able to write that like the way he did. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, they've been going, I mean, obviously, as you know, as they've been changing albums, they've been going in a more pop-ish direction. So maybe that's just something that he can, it just comes to him way easier than people thought it ever would. Yeah. Wow. I I don't know. Like he's, I think he's like a secret genius. Um, I'm just going to go with that one. (laughs) (laughs) That makes sense. And then you also had, you had uh, Notions. On a, on a I had notions on the song, yeah. Yeah. So, so we had, yeah. Go ahead. No, no, go, go ahead. No, no, you got it. You got it. Um, yeah. So we had, we had a bunch of people that uh, we had four features. Um, There's a long list of people for features. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I had the song Finesse already written with him on it, like um, Kalen from Notions. Yeah. Um, and uh, I showed it to Andrew and he was like, Jesus, this is sick. And so we, we put the song together. Um, and obviously, you know, the label being the label, I was like, oh, do, do you want to get like a rapper on the song or whatever else to fill in that, that feature? And I'm like, no, I want I want him. I want that same spot. I'm just going to keep it like that. And, you know, like with bigger, you know, big industry, they're just like, oh, you sure you don't want to get like a big name? And I'm like, no, I want him. Right. right. And so, they, you know, they let it go. I was like, all right, cool. If that's what you want, then fine. Um, they asked me about other features. And towards the end of it, I was like, actually, you know what? I don't want any other features. I want him to be the only one on the record. And I think ah. they were kind of surprised that they was like, oh, you really just want that and i'm like i think that should be the only feature on the record right yeah now does that does that make it feel to you that it's more you with without having outside influences like i mean obviously cody wrote uh never again but in general is that how you normally feel is you don't want to deal with anyone else you're just fine with yourself i i don't know i think i think with uh with certain songs uh, i used to i used to just like right doing everything myself but honestly, doing co-writes is like actually really, really healthy for like me as a writer. I uh, noticed I started writing different things recently that I'm like, I would have never done that. Like, where did that come from? And I'm like, oh, I learned that I picked that up from something Andrew might have said. Gotcha. Or I got to work. Uh, Kyle Odell was one of my co-writes oh, for okay. uh, for two songs. Um, one of them made the record. One of them didn't actually. Uh-huh. Actually, yeah, one of the songs didn't make the record, and it's not one of the other three songs that. I'd told you about earlier it's ah, like a okay. fourth song <laughs> um but then like things that i pick up on and i'm like dude co-writing is actually really healthy and even even now i'm writing all the music now mm-hmm. i told my label i was like hey i would love to rewrite all of this with someone else so like even maybe start from scratch on like, some new songs with like other people oh like yeah. i would i would bring these songs to Matt good yeah. but if i want to do an emo song i'd be like actually do you want to start one from scratch and just kind of see where like how we vibe on it kind of right, thing right um so co-writing is actually really really sick um also with finesse i wrote that song and like i we wrote the instrumentals and it was like super heavy and then i was like whoa it's i feel like it's one of the more energetic songs on the record for sure yeah but it's also one of the songs where i'm like i get to be like my most like poppiest rappy self like with the like the lyrics and stuff like that right which is super weird because some of the lyrics like like the the middle the middle lyric like the second verse lyric like right before the the guest spot hops in i remember turning that into my label and then being like, you're literally like a rapper. Like those lyrics <laughs> are something I would hear on a rap song, not on a rock song. And I'm like, I just, I had fun with it, man. Like I went in there and I was like, I'm going to say all this shit and see if anyone gets it. Yeah. yeah. Well, I thought personally, I thought hush had a lot of that kind of 
uh, yeah. lyrical content as well. <laughs> yeah, Hush is actually Hush is really Hush, Hush was a fun song too because uh, that song didn't sound like that at first. Okay, all right. <laughs> yeah, that song was like all instruments and like all kind of heavy. And then one day, uh, Andrew was like, "Oh, what if we like deleted a bunch of stuff and put pop instruments behind it?" We're like, "I don't know. Let's see what if it works." And it kind of did. And I was like, "Holy shit, that sounds way better." Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> and so Hush. <laughs> yeah, Hush wasn't like that, but I'm glad it came out the way it did. Yeah, it really worked, and that has one of my favorite lines of the album too. Uh, I think it's, "This ain't even my final fucking form." Oh uh, <laughs> yeah, this ain't even my final form. I like that shit a lot. <laughs> I mean, that just it's, reminds yo, me of you know anime and stuff. Yeah, yeah, you know what's funny about that? I wasn't gonna put that in there, and then like, um, uh, <laughs> dang it, <laughs> and it was like a demo lyric, and then I started to like it, and I was like, shit, I really. I really just want to leave that in there. Um, and I was like, yeah, because like this ain't my final form. Like is like Frieza, right? Yeah. Um, yep. From and Frieza, everyone who knows me knows Frieza is like my favorite nice anime character of all time, all all time. All Which time. also like you know all time Frieza is like my favorite of all time. Wow. Like, period. That's impressive. Period. It's it's like Frieza, which you know also rest in peace to real one. Oh know, yeah. Like voice actor just recently passed away, which you know sucks. Yes. Um. Yep. But uh, yeah, he was like, you know, he's like my favorite of all time. And I was like, the fact that I get to throw that in there, it's like, oh, this is it. Like, this is this is even my final four. <laughs> um, so that was kind of cool to be able to do that. That is very cool, man. That is awesome. Well, dude, I think, man, I'm looking at the time. I wanted to get to other stuff with you, but you've done five interviews already. No, dude, <laughs> just go through it. Don't worry. You can cut this down if you want. I don't give a shit. You oh, keep talking. <laughs> you know how I am. I, I'm... Straight, honest, nothing gets edited out, all that kind of shit. Um, what I did yeah. want to hit with you, we'll, we'll obviously, yeah. we'll promote the album even more in a little bit. But I want to hit what we talked about on Twitter the other day with Squid Game and Alice in Borderland and that kind gotcha. of, yeah, that kind of genre of, of stuff. How did you get into that type? Because obviously with Frieza, talking about Frieza and stuff, you're, you're an anime fan. But yes. is that how you got into that culture as well? Or was it some other way? Yeah, so I've actually always been into like, just like Asian culture. Um, I think I just, I think it came from growing up and just being like a complete fucking dork. Um, <laughs> I would always go to this place in the city. Um, there's a place in Chinatown called the Elizabeth Center. Okay. And it's like a little, it's like a little underground mall and everything is made of glass. Oh, okay. And I would go down there. And at the time it was like VHSs. Uh, this guy, um, his name was Ken. Um, you would go in there and you'd buy, a, I would buy a couple of VHSs. And every time I bought like two, or no, I think every time I bought three, he would give me two free. Oh, nice. Um, okay. But um, after a while, um, I would always buy three that I wanted, like the three episodes or three tapes for like four episodes and then get the two free with like the next episodes, you know, so that I sure. had the collection. Yep. After a while, he was like, hey, he's like, you, you come in here a lot. He's like, do you mind if like we try something? I was like, yeah, well, what's up? And he's like, why don't you get your three tapes? And I give you the two free, but he's like, instead of giving you the next episodes, why don't I start suggesting stuff to you? Like I'll suggest animes and things to you. And um, you he would give me, he would give me like two tapes of like random animes that like I never heard of in my life. And that's how I got into Naruto. And then ah, okay, I got sucked into like a bunch of other animes. And then, you know, on Adult Swim, there was like Gundam Wing, oh, and sure. just, like yeah. everything else and like Cowboy Bebop and death note and oh yeah. and then you know as i got older i was like damn this anime is like really good and i i found out you know they also made like asian movies which were like super cool and like i know a lot of people find it like really cheesy because they're like oh my god but like the voice acting is so <laughs> bad and i'm like all right so watch it with the subtitles dude. exactly but 
Right. I've always been into that culture. And then like, it's crazy to think I've always been into it. But like now is that it's becoming like super ginormous. Yes. And I'm actually, I'm not even mad about it. I wish people knew about it before, but I'm so fucking happy about it. Because I, I hate saying this because I don't, I don't want to feel like a show off or anything. But I'm like, <laughs> it's so crazy that this thing that I knew about before fucking everyone else is just becoming this ginormous thing. And I'm like, that's, it's about fucking time. Exactly. Because like these things have been like, they've been great for like a while. It's not like they just came out now. Like they've actually like, dude, like I've watched films that have been like, holy shit. Like this is like, this is insane. And now like with Squid Game, um. Which I also, I love Squid Games, but I I like Alice in Borderland more. Yes. Um, yes. I know people were like, uh, people were like, oh yeah, like I like Squid Game because of this, because of that, and they're like, oh my god, like I can't believe like you know Korean people make like movies like this, like there's like a, like a whole genre for this, and I'm like, yeah, dude, like Asian cultures have been like making movies like this forever, like you should. You shouldn't have broadened your horizons. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's that's one of the things for sure. And maybe, who knows, maybe that's kind of another one of the positives of COVID is that people had so much more free time, at least some people had yeah. more free time to check out different forms of media. And then with streaming services, you obviously have more stuff coming over as well, because I'm very similar to you. I did the tape trading you know, back in the day, DVDs, all that kind of stuff started out with yeah. Battle Royale and then, you know, did everything I possibly could. And yeah, at some point it's, you know, sometimes there's a little bit of anime, you know, kind of acting in some of these things. But now yeah. it's more mainstream, but almost like where our cinema was back in the 90s, where yeah. you're still, you know what I mean? You're getting the grittiness you're getting the the gruesome horror aspects. You're getting the the tension, the buildups, and the writing style of you know Tarantino's and and people yep. like that. But now it's even better because you're like, I missed the fuck out of that kind of thing, and now it's oh, back. Dude, I missed yeah. I missed the shit out of it, and now it's like coming back. I, I agree with everything you said. It's coming back, and I'm like, thank the like thank the Lord. Like yeah, this is just amazing. <laughs> yeah, and I hope they continue with it because I'm getting really super tired of reboots and sequels and all God, the same shit. God damn it! I I fucking hate reboots already, man. Like it's I like can't stand uh, it. let it rest, dude. Like right. Like I, I I will say this: I'm a sucker for nostalgia, but it got sure. to the point where it's like, all right, this is too fucking much. You're just literally rehashing everything. Like, is no one creative? Right, right, and that's why I love something like Alice in Borderland that was so different. And I hope everyone out there who's listening to this, you know, I hope you watch Squid Game, but definitely go back, watch Alice in Borderland. Yeah. It's Japanese. Like, I just cared about those characters so much. And the mystery, I don't know about you, we don't have to spoil anything for anybody, but yeah. that last episode yeah. where they teased the next season, yeah, I got legitimate goosebumps. Yeah, see, I, and it's crazy. That's my thing too. So with Squid Games, I got to the last episode and I, you know, I liked it. Yeah. Cause I'm like, all right, they season next season, everything else. But with Alice and Borden, I'm like, that last episode made me want to watch it even more. Yeah. Um, also, I was just more invested in those characters. Right. Yeah. So, so much more investment. And that's the thing with Squid Game. And I think most people have seen it. So it's not like a big deal right now. But like, yeah. The way I look at him as a character is that he has nothing to complain about. Yeah, I, I'm still confused over what he <laughs> he got to leave the game. He decided to go back. Yep. 
then he gets everything and now he's mad at the game for what reason? Like, it's not yeah, like they it, stole his I money. I thought it was weird too. I yeah. thought it was weird too because I'm like, this guy is mad, but I'm like, the option was always there to never come back. Like, right. You did it to yourself, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> did did the girl did the girl's brother have to stay in that orphanage for an extra year because he had to get his shit together? Like, no. Why didn't you go get the get the kid and yeah. spread all of your wealth around to all the people that needed it instead of like wallowing in self pity for something you chose to be in? Like that's what I like. Alice in Borderland. They didn't get a fucking choice. Yeah, no, there was no choice. Alice in Borderland was was fucking insane, though. Oh, yeah. um, it was absolutely I, that, that first episode. <laughs> that that shit was a trip. Even the fir- from the first episode, I was like, "What? What the fuck am I watching here? Like, yeah. What? How is this even like possible?" And then I'm just like, "What is going on here?" Right. Um, I was hooked entirely to like Alice in Borderland. Yep. Um, also the people in Alice in Borderland, I feel like, and this is not just you know trying to shit on Squid Game, but I oh, feel sure. like the people in Alice in Borderland were less stupid than the people yes. in Squid Game. Oh, um, everyone tons. in Squid Game had. Everyone in Squid Game had a way to get out or had this or had that. And they, they chose to come back and then they were mad. They're like, people were dying. And like in Alice and Borland, it was like, oh, no, there's no, there's no choices here. Right. You're here and that's it. Um, <laughs> you will, you will either find a way to like make this work for you or, you, or you, you're dead. Like, that's right. it. Like, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Um, I feel like the, the cast of Squid Game, like not the cast, but like the characters of Squid Game were just written a little more stupid (laughs) yes yeah it was i think it was almost like koreans way of trying to almost dumb themselves down a little bit for american audiences i know that sounds like a dick thing you know what's funny about it i mean it's not it's kind of true have you have you watched a show yet without the subtitles i mean without like american voicing like Uh, yeah yeah i i watched it just with the subtitles okay so i watched it so i'm i i I kick myself in the ass for this all the time um i watched it the first time i watched it i watched it in um I watched it with the just like the American voice acting on. Okay, sure. Um, and everyone in the show was completely fucking dumb. Yes. Like I thought the, the the people who did the people who did the voice acting, I was like, wow, these characters are kind of dumb. But you know, the show is incredible. When I watched it um, with the subtitles, and I was like, okay, these characters were actually written better than the dialogue yes. that they were given in the American voiceover. They're still written a little dumb, but they were written way better than what most people are watching. Because yes. I know a lot of people are watching it without the subtitles on. They're just watching the dub, you know, dude. the American yeah. version of it, the right, dubbed right. version. Yep. And I'm like, actually, if you watch, if you watch the subbed version, the characters are written a little better. They're still kind of like, you know, like kind of like stupid, but it, sure. they're written like a lot better. Yeah. I honestly, I think that was done on purpose. I think they wanted to ingratiate themselves to a different audience. And mm-hmm. it's sad to say, you know, it was easier for people to pick it up because I even had people, uh, I was reading some things and some people had told me they're like, oh yeah, I'm not even interested. Like when they do the second season, I'm not even interested in the second game or any of that part. I want to know all the intricacies behind how they set everything up. And I was like, I I don't know. That's really the boring part. Like if you want if you want to know how people set things up, Alice in Borderland, I think, is going to be even crazier than that. Even crazier, yeah. Um Alice in Borderland actually gives you that because they're not it doesn't seem like they're trying to like in Squid Games, it's like, oh, we're trying to see who how we can, I guess, like get the VIPs or whatever. I mean, yeah, everyone's right. watching, so I don't give a shit if I'm oh, Squid yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're like, oh yeah, uh, we can get them back. Whereas in Alice in Borderland, it's a completely different thing. It's not like they're like, oh, there's a group of people that we need to get back to. It's like or get back at. It's like, oh, 
we we need to like figure out like how the inner working sometimes actually yes. are um right. so that we can like escape this so i i agree allison borderland has more of that yeah and i hope people who are listening right now i hope you go out and watch it because i i believe they did get a second season allison borderland but yeah, it got, it got approved for a second season. I just need more people to watch it, though, because I want to make sure we continue. Like, look, if they end the story in the second season, then that's fine with me. Like, I, I don't need yeah. hundreds of episodes of something. If you do the story right, like, yeah. do the story right, that's fine. But I don't want this ending on a fucking cliffhanger. Yeah, that, well, that's the fucking problem with Halloween now, isn't it? Like, yes. these Halloween movies, fucking, they've been rebooted, like, 800 times. And now I'm like, I don't know what what's what anymore. Like, this is just... This is just stupid. Very true. Now let me ask you this, and we 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 talked about this a second before, but um, Sweet Home. Have you watched that yet? I have not watched it yet. So okay. that one I haven't watched. I think you're really, really going to enjoy that. Now that's not a that one. Yeah, go ahead. Um, so that one I started watching the first episode, and then I had something to do, and I literally stopped it like right as it was starting. I'm like, oh, okay, okay. Cool. all right, yeah. Um, so a, I haven't even gotten anywhere near. It's a slightly slow burn at the very, mm-hmm. very beginning. But that's another one. That one has – there's really not mystery, mystery to that. That one's okay. more straightforward. But it's it's monsters in this Korean area. And once again, you care about the characters and everyone's interesting. And I don't think that that one is dumbed down for anyone. Okay. That one's brutal and it's really tough sometimes to even watch. But it is so well done. And like I said, the main thing for me is I got to care about the characters and yeah. have a good storyline that doesn't drop every single – like that, that isn't dumbed down for everybody. That's that's really what it is. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree with that entirely. Like I, I, I don't know. Do you watch um, – have you ever watched the show You? Not yet. I've heard good things but I and okay. I probably will check it out, but I haven't yet. So I, I started – that's what I'm watching now. So I don't like to watch too many shows at once. Sure. Um, I started watching that. Um, and I, I fucking hate it. Um, I'm just going to be honest with you. It is too like, uh, I don't even know what episode I'm on, but there's like, a, it got to like an episode where they're like, it's just about like vaccines and shit like that. And I'm sure. like, I don't want to watch this shit. <laughs> I, I, this is like, please don't give me your subliminal fucking shit. Like, right, right. I don't want to, I don't, I don't care about this shit. Like, just give me the actual show. And it made me, it actually took me out of it. Like, it made me care about the characters even less. Ah, okay. Um, Gotcha. And I think that's one of the reasons why I like I like shows like Alice in Borderland and fucking Squid Game and everything else like that. And like Parasite, like the movie Parasite. Oh, yeah. I love right. things like that. Because sure. I'm like, it pulls you out of the experience and it doesn't give me any, it doesn't give me something I'm living through now. Yep. And I think I really need that. Like I lived through enough bullshit like with this fucking quarantine, you know, like I, right. I hated it. But, you know, I guess it is what it is. Well, yeah. I mean, all of these shows, and it doesn't have to necessarily be Korean or Japanese or whatever. It's what we kind of you know, link ourselves yeah. to, but any of these shows with special powers or mind games or something where you have the ability to change your own life mm-hmm. and you have some sort of control is going to be something that you look towards because it feels like right now, none of us have any control. No, there's, there's no control to be had in this world right now. Yeah. Like if you told me honestly, and maybe this would upset people, I don't know, but if you told me that squid game was real, that there was something that I could sign up for and do that, I probably would. I probably would. <laughs> you know what's funny about that? I So I posted a thing about that like online once, and I was like, I made a poll like on my IG, and I was like, who would play Squid Games like if it was real? Yeah. And I swear on everything, about 75% of the people who voted, or like a higher percentage, it was like, it was like close to like 80% voted yes. 
And I literally shared it. And I was like, you guys are all like me. I'm like, I think this has done something to us. Like this whole quarantine, we're all just like, yeah, you know what? Fuck it. We'll just jump into right. this. Like, and it, it we're kind of, when you think about it, I was like, you're kind of, you, you have to be sick to say yes, because we know what happens to squid games. If you don't, if you don't complete a challenge or anything like sure. that, for us to still watch that and be like, actually, you know what? I'm going to play that. Like we, man, we're, we're more fucked up than we thought. We yeah, were. I mean, in, in a way, but then that's the other, like, I guess you could say you could make caveats, right? If I knew somebody who was also in the same game as me, I wouldn't necessarily want to do it. You know what I mean? But sure. there's also the other thing, too, where there are Alice in Borderland, Battle Royale. There's there's a host, a list of other long, the long walk by Stephen have, King. Have you watched have you watched Battle Royale? Oh, I fuck it. That's that's what started me on on okay, gotcha. uh, Japanese. That's... Yeah. I don't remember who told me to watch that one, but someone, because I never watched that one. Someone told me, I was like, hey, listen, you should, before you watch any of the other ones, please watch that one. That oh. was also the first one that started them. Yes, yes. Please, I would say for sure, watch Battle Royale. Um, do the same thing. Just do the subtitles and everything. It was a book first. So you can always read gotcha. the book if you want to do that. But it was a it was a book first, made into a movie. The book does change some things. I sorry, the movie does change some things from the book, but mm-hmm. I would certainly recommend it. It wasn't so technically it wasn't the thing that started that genre, but it okay. was the thing that started Japanese and Korean kind of going in that direction. Gotcha. Okay. And Hunger Games completely ripped it off. Oh, Hunger Games completely. I've I've heard that Hunger Games ripped off all of that stuff. And yes. I'm like, well, I mean, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. So that's but yeah, man, for sure. Watch Battle Royale, and we will certainly talk about that because that is. Uh, I yeah, just, I, need to, I still I need to watch that. Yeah, every once in a while, I still pop that in, and I'll watch it and still get the same feeling as I got before. Um, just so so <laughs> damn good, so absolutely good. Nice. But yeah, I think definitely watching that. Yeah, with Squid Game, the weird thing, and we'll get off this topic in a second. But <laughs> the one thing, the one thing that I still find kind of weird about Squid Game is, and maybe they're saving this for the second season or the third season. If they do another game and it's always the end game is Squid Game, mm-hmm. the question is, can you technically have more than one winner? That's the question. Huh. That you know what? I've never thought about that. That is a very interesting question. I've literally never thought about that. Yeah, you can you can manipulate. That's why I was saying, like, if I were to legitimately play the game, if there was such a thing to do. If you went in there with a group of people that you knew, but you knew that more than one person could win, then that's a completely different story. But if it truly is rigged so that you only have one winner at the end, then that's where it gets you. But that's with almost every show, and I'm worried that's where Alice in Borderland is going to go at some point. That would that would that would kill me. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I think we'd be in super depressed mode for like fucking forever. I would be so damn sad, like, God damn it. But that's also, I love shows that can bring that type of emotion to you. Yeah, no, I, I love that. Like, when a show makes you feel something, that's how you know you've been invested in that show. Exactly, exactly. And that, I mean, and we'll we'll turn it full speed. Now, by the way, is there anything else you wanted to go over in that realm of, of media? Uh, hmm, I don't even know. Okay. Now I'm just thinking about Alice in Borderland. <laughs> Yeah, no, no. I believe me. I'm I'm hoping that that new season starts this year, but I'm thinking probably January. That's that's my guess. Yeah, I, I was actually thinking I was like sometime like early next year, something like that. Yeah. So hopefully we get it. But that's our that's our recommendation to everybody. Uh, besides, yeah, obviously, listening to Welcome Home and and, and <laughs> purchasing Welcome Home and doing all that. 
Also, go watch Alice in Borderland. There you go. Yes, please watch that show. The show is absolutely amazing. That's the way to work it. So, man, <laughs> I have to, I mean, I know I said all the nice things at the beginning too, but I was truly blown away by how much I enjoyed this album. I've always liked what you do. We've always talked about that. But <laughs> yeah. the the amount of effort, the like I said, doubling the amount of tracks you put out, this is 14 tracks, and I can listen front to back over and over again. It's truly one of the best albums of the year for sure. Thank you. Oh, absolutely. And I really hope people give this a chance because it is unique. It's not standard. It's not following any trends. You, you're being yourself and you put so much of yourself into these tracks. It just, it blows me away. So I'm. Yeah, it's, I'm scared. It's different, but like, it's, I feel like it's because a lot of the reason also why I feel like I, I committed to, you know, making this the most different record that I was, you know, doing and also just like having fun with it is probably because of the label I'm on. Like I'm, I'm literally on a label where they give you the freedom to do whatever you want as long as you're yourself and it's good. And I'm like, I've never had that before. Right. So I can like officially like be myself and someone backs me up. They're just like, yeah, we love what you do. So keep doing you. Right. You know? Yep. And I've heard, I've heard you talk about labels in the past. We've talked about labels in the past and I'm so glad that you found spine farm because it really does seem like they are the perfect label for you. You've always, they they found us. Yeah. Well, right, right. (laughs) That's, that's true. Yeah, no, that and that was kind of almost a shock signing. Yeah, you know, because Spine Farm doesn't I don't think have anyone, anyone like you. Yeah, I don't think anyone and I don't think anyone expected that. Like even I didn't expect that. Like um, so when when they reached out to us, because I so funny thing, we wanted to shop to them anyway. I love Spine Farm, but sure. we had no idea who was even, uh, you know, who was on the label because they're like very hard to reach, um, sure. <laughs> very, very hard to reach. <laughs> Um, but I've always loved their roster and, um, I was always interested in them, but I didn't know, you know, I didn't know how to get through to them. And then one day we got an email and it was from my A&R guy now. And he was like, yeah, he's like, I'm interested in this band. And I've like looked over all your work and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, you know, I'd love to talk. And I just so happened, uh, while she sleeps was in town that week Oh, and I was going to that show and while she sleeps is on the label Yep. and I went to the show, I met them and literally at that show, um, me and my A&R guy, who's, uh, I don't want to say his name because sure. you know how people go to like your friend's list and start, you know, <laughs> searching for people. I don't want to make their lives harder. Sure. Um, we hit it off and he's like, Hey dude, he's like, I really want to bring you into the office. And I'm like, yeah, dude, I'd love to go. Like, when do you want to have me? He's like next week. <laughs> oh wow. I was like, Holy shit. Like these guys are serious. And I went in next week, you know, my manager flew in and it was just, it was just such a good vibe. Like not, not at one point that I feel like they were regular Aside from like the building and the office, because you know they operate out of the Universal um, building, because they are sure. Universal pretty much. Um, that was the only thing that ever made me feel like this is a record label. Everything else, they're they're human, dude. And I'm like, God, this is crazy. That like, here's a group of people who just actually just care about music. That's cool. That's great, man. And you needed that. I, I know from the past that you definitely needed that. So I am very happy that that happened. And I think their risk on you paid off. I mean, I'm I'm really hoping that people give this album the chance that it deserves, that people really take this to heart, listen to everything you're doing. Because I like I said, man, I was just blown away. I, I enjoy every track. Thank you. <laughs> that's that's very rare for that to happen. And I just <laughs> love going through it. So I can't wait till it goes because right now I'm going back and forth on the promo. I can't wait till this actually comes out so I can put the whole thing on a playlist. 
because that's how good uh, it is. Yeah. Yeah, man. For sure. <laughs> Dude, I'm excited. This year has been like a good year for like releases like the Sleep Token release, Spare Box, oh, yeah. yep. uh, The Plot and You, The Wage War record. Like there's so many good records. I'm like, oh man, like this is this is like a stacked year. So I think that's that's another reason why I was like scared. I'm like, here we are, the very tiny band in a sea of giant <laughs> bands. <laughs> you know, like it's it's also like, you know, we're on a band where I mean on a label where they're this year their release their release schedule was like, Oh yeah, we got like Bullet from my Valentine, Sleep Token, yep, yep. Trey You, um, and then you know, you know, while she sleeps, and then at the end of the year we have you, and I'm like, yeah, like I'm so confident, like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. it's so weird. Yeah, no, that's got to be a little weird, but like I said, I really think that this holds up. I think this is going to be something that's going to hit it out of the park for you guys, and you should be nothing but proud of how this came out, I man. So, for man. <laughs> real, real talk, of course, that's the way I always end with this stuff. So. I think that is a good place to end tonight. So yeah. once again, Welcome Home comes out on November 19th through Spine Farm Records. I'm sure you can go. We'll have links in the description of the episode so that everyone can follow you guys, pre-order the album. I'm not sure. Do you guys have vinyls or anything like that coming out? Yeah, we do have vinyls. Nice. We have like, there's like a bunch of like pre-order stuff um, where if you, you know, if you go to our pre-order links, yep. um, you can find all of that stuff there. There you go. I will be definitely doing that. But until then, what is the best way for people to support you guys? Uh, yeah, you can find us on any social media in the world, which you know sucks because <laughs> social media is shit. But you know, whatever. So Instagram, <laughs> Twitter, Facebook, we're even on the dreaded tw- TikTok now. So oh my god, <laughs> there's that. Yeah, we're we're on TikTok. We never use it, so you'll never see us post on it because right. I hate that. I hate yep. that app. I'm with you. Um, and uh, follow us on Spotify. That's where like all of the magic happens. <laughs> exactly. Yep. No. Nope. That's our like that's our, like our main our main home right now. <laughs> right. Nope. That's a good way to put it. But thank you, Joey. I always appreciate catching up with you. Stay on the line. We'll stop recording and we'll talk a little bit more. But man, I just I really enjoy shooting the shit with you, talking about everything. Thank you, man. Yeah, absolutely. And once again, man, this album is fucking awesome. Everyone, make sure you go out. Pick up Welcome Home, support Varsity, support what Joey is doing. And Joey, man, thank you so much. I can't wait to do this again. Dude, no, thank you. Thank you for like making my night like actually enjoyable. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate uh, it, man. 